The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We gather to worship Almighty God, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe live at WBUR.org. Today, we welcome our guest organist, Brian Jones, and our guest choir, In Coro Novo, directed by Dr. Therese Provenzano. We invite your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us in worship come Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
pray together. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We enter our time of contrition and confession this day, remembering our shared condition, as we have again this very weekend in the last several hours been reminded we do live in a violent age. We have gathered together in the name of the Son, the Beloved. And so we bow in confession and take with us into our silence and confession the words of Assisi. Lord, make us instruments of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light and where there is sadness, joy. As the Kyrie is sung, may we enter our silent confession. Let us pray. Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Beloved, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful, and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, he will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed 
until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. And I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray responsively Psalm 29 with the Antiphon. to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syria like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of our hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now. For it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. 
Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Ted Williams made a reappearance this week, though not within the confines of Fenway Park. A roving reporter in Columbus, Ohio, heard and recorded the voice of a homeless man, so named, a voice from heaven, or at least from beyond the normal ranges of human speech. What a voice, said all. Is there anything quite as personal as one's voice? A fingerprint? A birth date, a manner of laughter, all these are quite personal, but not quite as personal as one's voice. I have a friend, a colleague in ministry, who has endured a stroke. His voice, his pulpit voice, is so precious and so personally his, so central and so meaningful to so many that I feared greatly it might have gone, but I am told his voice perseveres. What a voice. 
Is there anything quite as personal? As we age, we do notice other unique features of our being, ways peculiarly our own. Our manner of grieving is one of these. We all ride the same waves in grief, the waves of denial and anger and acceptance, the waves of remembrance and thanksgiving and affirmation, but we surf the waves in our own very particular way with our own voice. What a voice. Is there anything quite as personal as a voice? Will you permit me to say something very personal, speaking of the personal character of one's voice? As we age, we take notice of quite unique features of our being, ways of being particularly our own. Our manner of dying is often one of those. It is a signature, our signature, our very signature. The early Methodists, as David Hempton reminded us, placed great store and stock in the manner of dying. Holy living, yes, but holy dying, too. They offered no recipe. To the contrary, they saw and knew the utterly personal voice, like the silver swans, which resounds like a steeple bell in the personal way we die. Such a voice. Hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news offered us today, The voice of heaven is known in Jesus, a voice of one loved, of one who loves, of one who teaches love, of one whose self-offering is love. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Here is the divine signature, the divine fingerprint, the divine birth date, the divine manner of laughter, the divine voice, the voice from heaven which rings out today, my beloved son. Here too is the divine signature, the divine way of grieving, the divine way of dying, the divine voice, the voice from heaven which rings out today, my beloved son. Is there anything more personal than that voice. St. Matthew implores us to hear in the way he rewrites the story. Matthew wrote in 85 CE, updating and changing and developing what Mark wrote in 70 CE. There is such a power and beauty in watching the faithful creative courage by which the New Testament writers adjust the preaching of the gospel each to their own time and place. In our reading today, John the Baptist is clearly demoted, lowered, but retained to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is the actor in the drama whose movement up out of the water is immediate. We are forcefully told that the dove-like spirit is unmistakably the spirit of God. The voice from heaven speaks to us, this is This is my beloved. Mark and Luke, Matthew implies, may have the words right, but they lack the volume and the verve, my beloved son. May we hear the voice from heaven rippling in the river waters of the Jordan and 
in the mystery of creation. May we hear the voice of heaven carried along in the career of Christ, resounding in the heart and the conscience and in the history of the community of faith. Creation and mystery, conscience and history. Creation and mystery, conscience and history. Are you searching for faith, longing for faith, growing in faith? Then hear a voice from heaven in creation and in conscience. The psalmist says the heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out to all the world and their words to the end of the earth. Listen to the mystery of creation. 13 billion years ago, something happened. An infinitesimal nothing exploded into an immeasurable something 13 billion years ago. Since then, the universe has continued to expand and cool down like many a middle-aged fellow. Our world is getting bigger and a little slower. The farther out in space we look, the farther back in time we see. Think quasar, redshift, black hole. The universe has neither a center nor an edge. 4.6 billion years ago, our neighborhood solar system came to be with carbon, oxygen, silicon, and iron. Gravity had something to do with it, pulling together gas and dust. Nuclear reactions, too, had something to do with it. 3.8 billion years ago, our beloved Mother Earth, within the aforementioned solar system, cooled enough, just enough, so that a single cell of life emerged. Three billion years ago, the process of photosynthesis, and hence an increase in Earth's oxygen, developed. Two billion years ago, a billion years of photosynthesis in motion later, the Earth was full of the glory of oxygen. One half billion years ago, 500 million years ago, that is, actually, to be precise, 540 million years ago, there occurred the so-called Cambrian explosion, a veritable plethora, cornucopia, flood tide, and pleroma of life forms, including a personal favorite of mine, trilobites. A quarter billion years ago, or to be exact, about 240 million years ago, great dinosaurs populated the Earth. One twentieth of a billion years ago, or more exactly, 65 million years ago, these selfsame dinosaurs, kings of the Earth, were summarily and totally extinguished, perhaps by a comet hitting the Earth. But the disappearance of the dinosaurs made space for the appearance of other life forms. Good news. 4.5 million years ago, just yesterday in a way, your first ancestor appeared, a hominid. 100,000 years ago, just minutes ago, Homo sapiens appeared upon the earth. 30,000 years ago, forms of cultural life, including art, creativity, agriculture, and weaponry, began slowly to develop. And 2,500 years ago, 
At its very beginnings, the Bible began to be composed and collected. One day, maybe this week, you may look down at your left hand, at two fingers there, and you may again, childlike, awake just to this, something, not nothing. Creation, the mystery of something, not nothing. A poetic New England voice said this more simply and more briefly. We thank Thornton Wilder for his brevity. We're in New England, so we shall remember his voice. You remember his play, and you remember the letter Jane Crowfoot got from her minister when she was sick. On the envelope it said, To Jane Crowfoot, The Crowfoot Farm, Grover's Corners, Sutton County, New Hampshire, United States of America, continent of North America, Western Hemisphere, Earth, Solar System, the universe, the mind of God. And they delivered it just the same. (laughs) Creation, mystery. Our psalmist today says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say, Glory! Listen to the history of conscience. We are not the first to find ourselves awestruck come Sunday singing, Glory! Our hearts are restless until they there find their rest. You are a part of the history of conscience, a long train of witnesses. In fact, we can carry the memory of Christian reflection in the model of a single day. Now, this is particular and playful. It's a day-long, brief history of Christian theology. Conscience, history. Dawn. Jesus is crucified and risen. His gospel is preached by Paul. The synoptic gospels are written to preach the same gospel with the aid of his story, teachings, and deeds. Other letters are written to apply the gospel to the growth of the church. Morning. In response to the small Bible, Luke and the letters of Paul, of Marcion, a Roman Gnostic, the Christian Bible, 66 books, is assembled. John translates the preaching of the gospel into the idiom of Neoplatonic Gnostic thought. Late morning, Augustine of Hippo, converted from Manichaeism and Eastern Gnosticism, develops a full theological system relying largely on Paul in conflict with the British monk Pelagius. Both reformers and counter-reformers later rely on him. Noon. Thomas Aquinas in the 12th century constructs a medieval theological system blending the basics of Aristotelian philosophy with the scripture and tradition of the church. Afternoon, the medieval synthesis begins to unravel under the influence of the early Renaissance and pre-Reformation. Late afternoon, the great reformers of Germany, Luther, France, Calvin, and England, Henry VIII and later John Wesley, shatter the Roman medieval synthesis on the basis of faith alone, scripture alone, and a return to Augustine and Paul. Evening, post-enlightenment modern theology reaches its zenith in the 19th and mid-20th century work of liberals, 
Schleiermacher, new orthodox thinkers, Barth, and culminates in the great systematic theology of Paul Tillich. Dusk, postmodern Christian theology, skeptical of universal systems and indebted to particular autobiographical witnesses, accentuates the varieties of religious experience and theological perspective. Black, Cone, Latino, Gutierrez, Asian, Koyama, feminist, Ruther, Canadian, Paul, other, and all. You know you are a part of a long history of conscientious reflection. The voice of conscience. Children know the voice of conscience, and so do we, with our train of predecessors. The voice of conscience to bring humility, to scorn laziness, to admit failure, mistake, and accident, to stand apart from religion at its worst, to stand apart from religion, its pride and sloth and falsehood, to stand apart from religion, its superstition, idolatry, and hypocrisy. A poetic New England voice said this more simply, We may thank Thornton's older brother, Amos Wilder, for his brevity. One said of him, his poetic eye enabled him to see connections between the Bible and literature, the kingdom of God and modern ethics, religious experience, and contemporary symbols. Conscience, history. The voice from heaven in mystery and history. The voice from heaven in creation and conscience. By this voice, we are set upon a path that will set us apart. It is a path of love, joy, and peace. It is a path of deep personal faith and active social involvement. It is a path of believing, belonging, and behaving. It is a path that moves from the self-centered to the centered self. It is a path of costly discipleship, not of cheap grace, a path of living for others through a religionless Christianity. It is a path of commitment, delight, and wonder. It is the path of salvation. Our age is the same as every age in this. The need is salvation, and the path is faith. We apply the gospel to ourselves this morning, dear friends, as a people who again in the last several hours have been confronted by the tragedy of violence. Our prayerful thoughts go out to those hurt and worse in Tucson and for our part, again beginning this Lord's Day, we shall try this week to learn and to speak the language of love We shall commit and commend ourselves to mimic the voice of heaven, however lispingly we shall do so. Let your words, let my words, let our words be words of encouragement, contrition, honest kindness, and kind honesty in public and in private. Behold the voice from whom we come, and to whom our spirits shall return, blessed by God, loved by God, held by God, known by God, meant for God, baptized for God. What a voice. 
a voice from heaven in creation and conscience given for the healing of the earth, all of the earth. The voice from heaven is spread through the earth in season and in out, in church and in out, in religion and out, in the city and in the country, on the dry land of experience and out in the river Jordan of faith. What a voice. Six years ago, a friend and I stopped at a country book sale. He bought a volume or two of English history. I bought a 1934 edition of Marcel Proust's Remembrance of Things Past. And I've read a few pages every now and then, ever since. Six years later, this past week, I came upon page 768. And here is what I read. A voice sure of being heard and musical because it was the command not only of authority to obedience but of wisdom to happiness. A voice sure of being heard and musical because it was the command not only of authority to obedience but of wisdom to happiness. Amen. As we are called to prayer through the singing of Lead Me, Lord, we invite you to pray in the manner which will best help you to support the prayers of this congregation. Stand or kneel at the altar rail, raise your hands in your place, respond in your first language, however you are so moved this morning. I will set the intention, um, if you, and then we'll say, in your grace, if you would respond, please hear our prayer. Beloved, let us pray together. Let us pray to God for the peace of the world, for a spirit of respect and forbearance among nations and peoples. In your grace, hear our prayer. For those in positions of public trust, especially for our President, Barack Obama, and his administration, for our Governor, Deval Patrick, and his administration, and for our mayor, Thomas Menino, 
and his administration, for their service to justice and their promotion of the dignity and freedom of all people. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the work of our hearts, minds, and hands, and for the right use of the riches of creation. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, remembering especially Gabriel Giffords and all in the aftermath of the shootings in Tucson. For slaves, refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, for their relief and protection. In your grace, hear our prayer. For this community, those present and those absent, for our deliverance from hardness of heart, and for our showing forth your glory in all that we do. In your grace, hear our prayer. For those who disagree with us and those who wish us harm, and for all those who we ourselves have injured or offended. In your grace, hear our prayer. For ourselves, and for the grace and power of the Holy Spirit to help us to amend our lives and to choose the good. In your grace, hear our prayer. For all who have asked for our prayers, families, friends, and neighbors, for their freedom from anxiety and their living in peace and health. In your grace, hear our prayer. For all who have died, remembering especially John Roll, Gabe Zimmerman, Christina Taylor Green, and all those lost in Tucson this weekend, for your will fulfilled in them and for their families and friends. In your grace, hear our prayer. For the joys and celebrations of our human life. In your grace, hear our prayer. In the communion of the Holy Spirit and of all the saints, we commend ourselves and one another to the living God through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us when we pray to be bold in trust and say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, beloved, we pause to direct your attention to the notices printed in your worship program. We encourage you to use the red pad found at the end of each aisle and to sign your name so that those about you may greet you following worship by name and we may come to know you better still in the ministry of Marsh Chapel. 
We welcome our guest organist, Brian Jones, who is the Emeritus Music Director at Trinity Church, Copley Square. And as become our tradition and our seasonal joy, we again welcome and embrace our partner choir in Coro Novo with Dr. Therese Provenzano, who have come to guide and support our worship in the absence of our own choir, who will be back uh, next Sunday as term begins again. We invite you in these weeks of winter reflection to seize upon, to select those forms of ministry as many and increasingly uh, many have done in our midst. We have the freedom and so we take the grace to await your connection to particular forms of ministry through Marsh Chapel as the Spirit moves. With, with these thoughts and concerns before us, let us continue to worship together by presenting our tithes and offerings.
give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Now bless these gifts and those who have given them to the life of ministry in this place and throughout the world. Amen. face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.